reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favorite Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but, of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the sexual, intellectual, double H, the Husky heartthrob, leader of the Husky Army, and the most recent birthday boy of the podcast, my man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well, brother. I uh, had a nice birthday, ate lots of pizza, wings, and uh, even had some ice cream cake. So it was all good. Uh, what kind of ice cream cakes? A vanilla. It's That's okay. It was beautiful. We have a very special episode this week. Uh, I just recently met, get along with very well. I was introduced to a card group a few weeks ago called Heads Up Sports on Facebook. Uh, everyone knows we've been getting more into cards and sports memorabilia on this podcast with the new way the market's taken off and us just being sports heads. So the founder of that group, the guy who runs it, Daily Breaks for Heads Up Sports, our new friend, Mike Carrera. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I am doing very well, guys. Eric, Barry, great to uh, finally meet you guys on kind of a face-to-face level, and uh, thanks for having me on today. And I, we, we, we were talking before the show, and we talked about how awesome it was for me and Barry to, like, meet Ken Golden and that whole interview and that whole experience. And it was definitely, like, as far as, like, card collecting, like, he's one of, like, the Mount Rushmore guys, I think, of the entire culture. And I was such a pleasure. But I think that he operates in a totally different tax bracket than what we do, we'll say. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, Rare, he's doing great. And, 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 and good for him, man. Good for him. But, Mike... um. I feel like your your car group appeals to uh, collectors like me and Barry. Tell us more about your car group. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, Heads Up Sports Cards on Facebook. Uh, it's a very casual kind of group. Uh, you know, I do daily single or two or three boxes, uh, affordable breaks. And uh, it's kind of a cool way if you can't get to, uh, you know, to your uh, local card store, if you don't have one near you. Uh, or, you know, if you don't have the time to, uh, wait in line, uh, at a retail store, mayor or target or Walmart or whatever, you know, your local, uh, box store is, uh, you know, you can, you can join on into a break, uh, you know, and it, and it's just the same. Uh, we have a lot of dedicated guys in the group, which is awesome. And, and it's appreciated, uh, to me, but, uh, the fun thing is that if you don't get your team, you probably have somebody else's team in the break, uh, and they would be able to trade you for the team that you like to collect. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, something to that, uh, you know, I kind of restarted uh, with the pandemic, uh, kind of when the uh, whole uh, sports card market kind of exploded when uh, people had a little bit of extra money from unemployment or from the stimulus checks. Uh, and you know, the people had extra time. So I think, uh, I think Ken touched on that, you know, people had that time where they kind of rediscovered their old collections. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just, 
is a place to to come and hang out and talk cards, talk sports, uh, and and have a fun time with you know not a whole lot of uh, pressure or risk. Yeah, for sure. Like when I joined the group, I was you know our buddy JT Gleason at JTGLE. Follow him on Twitter. He um urged me to come in, invited me, I joined, and I just kind of sat back and watched. I was like, you know what, this is actually affordable, 15, 20 bucks, I can do this, I can't find shit for retail at that time, you know, and I haven't had anything, I've joined like four breaks, haven't had anything yet, I was in the Tops Tribute 2021 tonight, I actually won a spot, Mike has a, every week, is it every day, somebody wins a free spot? Yeah, 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 for the month of May, uh, and this is a promo that I've ran in the past, in, in past months, uh, but every month I run like a, a handful of different promos. Uh, I do a free break every month. Uh, so every time you enter a break, you earn a spot uh, for a chance to get into that free break. Usually ends up being about 1,500 spots. And then we randomize everything. Uh, and the top 30 people in there all get in, uh, a team into that free box. Uh, but the, the promo that you're uh, referencing is our free spot uh, break uh, promo. So. Uh, every night I randomize all the lists of the participants and whoever ends up on top for that random wins the, uh, a spot in the next break. Absolutely free. So. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Now tonight I I sat in and watched Eric, you know, cause Eric was in it yep. and the, the first big hit you pulled was that Griffey jr. And I was like, man, oh, yeah. that's a sweet, you know, that's a sweet hit. And what, what's been your biggest, pull in one of your breaks uh so far that you've had yeah sure man we've actually hit quite a few uh really big hits um two of the biggest that i that i can speak on is out of 2020 bowman's best uh we hit the joe adele super fractor uh which is a one of one uh only card like it made uh in the uh franchise 2020 subset that they put out so not only was it a super fractor, but it was a super fractor in a subset. Uh, so not even something that comes in like every pack uh, of that product. Uh, and then back geez in October, I want to say uh, we pulled a Lewis Robert, uh, one of one rookie card, true rookie uh, out of tops gold label. Uh, so that, you know, at that time, you know, Robert was super hot. Uh, obviously he's uh, on the IL at this point in time, but, uh, you know, he's, he's still got a lot of, uh, sway in the, uh, in the hobby. People are still super high on him. So that, that was, and one thing I was really impressed with Mike is, you know, a lot of people, sometimes you'll put up a break and announce what it is, but then somebody will message you. And JT's told me this before. Well, what am I looking for? What are the hits? And yep. You're super responsive right away at telling people like, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is what we're hoping to pull. And I think that's, you know, great because like you said, that the, the group is set for maybe somebody who rediscovered their love for the for, love for the for the culture. And now, like, you know, somebody like me, like I have to constantly do research. Like when you do a break, yep. I instantly am going to eBay. You know what I mean? Right. And finding out and just teams and texting JT like it's something I want to get on. You know, but for me, it's also like helping me learn if that makes more sense because I was so much more of a casual collector up till about like six months ago when I started taking it more serious. Oh, totally. Uh, I mean the, the, uh, I have, I, I mean our group has, uh, almost 350 members in it 
and probably a uh, hundred to 120 uh, people are regularly active in the group, which means that there's about 200 people that are there that, you know, just are there to hang out, you know, and when I'm doing only one or two boxes at night uh, with only 30 spots in a box and some people are taking uh, multiple, uh, multiple heavy spots, you know, six, nine spots, something like that. Uh, in one box, you know, the, the, there, you don't have to get into every break, which is great. You know, you can kind of really budget it, uh, so that you only get into the product that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, now just kind of speak back on your other point about, you know, do you having to do the research and me being very responsive, uh, when people have questions and stuff like that, that is something that I feel is part of what my responsibility as the quote unquote leader of the group, uh, you know, if if I'm asking you guys to spend your money with me, like I need to be make myself available for you guys so that you feel confident and comfortable, uh, you know, buying into to my breaks. And, you know, we were just touching on how how hard it is to get product at retail. How how do you get your product? How do you stay stocked up enough to where you're opening one, two, three boxes a night and to keep your customers wanting more and to come and to keep them coming back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, part of it is planning for sure. Uh, you know, on, a, on usually on Monday morning now, uh, I put out a weekly schedule for my breaks for the week, Monday through Sunday, uh, so that you can plan out and budget and be like, hey, like I have 50 bucks that I can spend this week on cards. And there's about three products that I want to get in on. Uh, so I know exactly which days I need to you know, set that, set the alarm, uh, when I post my breaks at 3 PM Eastern, uh, Eastern time that you get in on those breaks that you want to get in on. And, you know, then if, you know, you happen to find an extra spot in one of the other breaks and you're like, yeah, I want to see what this one is all about. You know, you can kind of plan that week. Uh, as far as my product goes, man, I find that I am a very lucky person that I have about four different stores hobby shops not like target walmart uh you know those kind of stores uh that i can go to that are within driving distance for me where i can pick up my product uh and make sure that i have uh the best the hottest uh and the stuff that i think is the best value uh for for uh my customers for the guys in the group uh you know for the, for the breaks for the week. So, uh, you know, I, I really don't like to mess with retail. Uh, and I mean, I haven't even seen retail in, geez, I think the last time that I was able to, I was able to find retail product by me, meaning, you know, uh, at a Walmart or at a target, uh, had to have been like early in the winter. (laughs) And uh, just, I mean, speak on that a little bit because we were talk, we were about had a deep conversation before the before we started recording. But I mean, I've been lucky that I've been able to run into a few things here and there. Yeah. I live, dude, I live a mile from a Target and a mile from a Walmart, and I'm two miles from another Walmart. So I'm very blessed, like you said, you know, I, and I have a two year old, so I have to go to the store a lot. You know what yeah. I mean? So there's nothing to walk by that aisle just to take a look. And I've NBA Prism. Uh, Packs I've I found recently, thanks to Mitchell Pottist on your on your group who yeah. messaged me, hey, these are you know at this target. 
me and JT went there, got our shit. But Dang. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, but that was like finding fucking gold. And every once in a while, I sure ran out of mire. But for the most it sure part, is. I can't wait in line. I don't have the time. I don't have the nerve. Uh, talk to me about the current culture of retail. Because that's frustrating for a lot of people right now. Yeah, definitely. It, it, the, you know, kind of what you're talking about uh, with, you know, that that uh, you were able to find retail. That's that's like crazy, <laughs> especially uh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to say especially where I am. But, you know, the fact that I haven't even seen my sh- the shelves in my stores and, you know, I check like every other week because, you know, if I'm like heading out towards uh like a target or a walmart or something like that and i can pop in real quick uh and not spend a lot of time in there uh you know but there's just been nothing 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 near me so uh there is this whole culture uh and it's kind of the uh the i think it's a product of like uh you know with like gary v uh you know and and sneakerhead kind of guys these guys that collect sneakers uh, and would flip sneakers. Right. That's kind of the culture that's taken over the uh, sports card retail uh, part of the hobby. Uh, is that these guys just come in and they buy up as much as they can so that they can turn around and sell it for two, three, four, uh, even five times the actual retail price that they paid for it. Uh, and you know, it it really leaves uh, you know your average collector because like. You know, I have a great time buying product hobby boxes and stuff like that for my group breaks. But for my personal collection, like I can't be affording to spend, you know, two, three, five hundred dollars, you know, a hobby box for myself. Uh, So I guess, again, that's kind of where like the the, where heads up sports cards kind of wraps back in is that, you know, when you can't find that retail and you can't afford a five hundred dollar hobby box. But you can afford like a fifteen or twenty dollars spot, or even less, you know, ten, seven, eight, nine dollars a spot, uh, you know, to jump in on a box, and then you're breaking with your friends too, or or new friends, you know, old friends and new friends, you know, it, it's been kind of a, a crazy experience the the way that the uh, group has kind of evolved. But uh, man, retail, I wish I could find it. <laughs> Yeah, see, I had I just told said last week, I I had recently discovered that my Walmart, which I live in a small town, um, and I have to drive to a town of five thousand, so my town is way smaller than that. Um, but that Walmart put all the good stuff behind the counter now. Yep. And you're supposedly only allowed one box. Yep. At a time. Uh, I was lucky enough to tell a sob story. The lady sold me a blaster and two wall hangers. I was very <laughs> grateful. Then I sent someone else to get some. Um, so it's like... He, he's very, very modest. He sent... Can I tell a story who you sent in? I sent my baby mom in. And who else? <laughs> and my nephew. And who else? His girlfriend. And who else? My daughter. There you go. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do in this fucking team in there for of the market, for real. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, it took time, um, yep. you know, to gather up. And, yeah. and Friday, listen, 
Friday, I plan on doing the exact same thing. <laughs> hey, you got lucky that it wasn't all gone and you were able to send people in piece by piece. Well, see, what happened was is I got there, and this was the crazy part, is two guys were already there. Yep. And she, the lady must have sold them like two or three, so they were happy. They got their stuff and left, and nobody else knew that they were back there. Uh, I right. actually ran into the card, the stalker, you know, the guy that's stalking uh, the the shelves. And the I, I was like, you beings. got anything good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, saw, I was like, do you have anything good? And, like, he still had his box right there. And he's like, I, I left some good stuff uh, behind the counter. And he had select football um there was some soccer i guess soccer is there's something in soccer that's yeah they're they're pushing soccer cards right now pretty uh pretty heavily uh i have a hard enough time pronouncing basketball players names right. not gonna try and start pronouncing soccer players names. <laughs> I, I know they had four blasters of the soccer and then they had some hockey tens that are still there yeah, Nobody those will probably be the last thing on the shelf. You know, hockey is kind of uh, figuratively and literally a cold product. <laughs> yeah, and then they had um, some Pokemon. Yeah, hey, that's hot too, though. Yeah. So, so it's so awesome when you're going there with a, when you go in to get the cards. I waited in line a couple times, and the guy ahead of you, and there's very little product left of what you want. And the guy ahead of you is getting Pokemon. Oh, that's such a fucking blessing. Like, You're hey, like, thank yes. you, brother. Thank you. I hope you get the, I hope you pull the hottest fucking Pikachu or whatever the fuck shit is you can find. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I'll take so, those optic blasters right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, but for me, it's like, and me and Eric have talked, it's like, yeah, you want to flip that, but I'm too damn nosy. I got to know what's in those boxes. And so I got to open them <laughs> because I'm like, if I sell that, even for a hundred dollars, and right. there's a you know there's a Herbert uh, Auto and all that shit in there. I'm gonna be upset. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tore up about that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and that, you know the the uh, the self restraint that I have to have with the uh, product that I have on hand too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you know all I want to do is rip. But thankfully, because of the outlet of the group, uh, you know my self control is a uh, has been harnessed uh and i know and i get that itch and even though i the cards that i rip aren't mine uh you know i get to to make sure that you know somebody had a great time with the rip uh and i get to see cool cards every day and you know that that makes me happy so <laughs> what what's the what's the hardest uh, product you've had to you know restrain yourself from opening or or actually did open. You were like, for you know, fuck it, I gotta I gotta open. Yeah, definitely <laughs> sure. So uh, for for me, baseball uh, cards are what I really enjoy, and uh, the flagship product, so the series one, series two, and update uh, is uh, those have like the what they what tops considers the true rookies, or what baseball collectors consider the true rookie cards. Uh, so when I have that stuff on the shelf, it's hard because like I try and build as many, as much of a master set as I can of every uh, year of that product. Uh, so I have binders on the shelf next to me uh, of every year of that product since uh, like 2012, uh, all partial, <laughs> 
all partial because the product ends up hit, having like a huge rookie in it and you know the price goes through the roof and then i'm stuck because like yeah you know i'm not i'm not buying like a three four five hundred dollar hobby box unless i'm doing it in the group unless i'm yeah. breaking it in the group so man i tell you another thing i'm a compliment you do a great job with the baseball like obviously you're very knowledgeable about major league baseball. Uh, to me, it's very hard to keep up on prospects. Yeah. And I and I'm 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 hot and cold with the prospects. And what I mean is it, it's hard for me to invest, get myself to invest in prospects because I don't know what's going to happen when they get to the to the show. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I feel like I've looked at and I've I know people who are who spent a lot of money you know bobby witt jr's one wanda mm-hmm. franco's one jason yep. dominguez is one you know what i mean uh speak on that is, is you think that's a good investment is that something you do uh so as far as prospects go and bowman goes and bowman is concerned uh that's kind of where like the uh biggest money is the easiest biggest money i'll say right. uh in baseball um yeah, so so to me, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm holding on to my wits, my Dominguez's, my Franco's. Uh, I'm sitting on a Julio Rodriguez first Bowman uh, auto purple refractor uh, that I'm hoping uh, when he comes up is big, big money. Uh, I have a Jared Kalenic first Bowman refractor. Uh, which isn't like through the roof or to the moon to steal a phrase these days. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is going up, you know, with his, uh, you know, debut coming this week, supposedly. Uh, so, I mean, now is the time to sell on that. And that's what you kind of want to hold on to uh, is, is until it's at that peak, you know, and, and then you want to sell. I'm not going to sell because I don't, particularly enjoy selling my cards uh i i'm a collector uh wow. at heart so uh, i do sell cards that's kind of how i started was able to start this back up i had a huge collection of stuff that i was like all right i can part with this stuff uh, and i was able to kind of bankroll myself uh but uh generally speaking unless i'm doing something like that i have a closet full of cards <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm a little bit more selective with what I uh, with what I buy too. So, uh, so who who's your you know your favorite player to collect? Oh man, uh, I mean I'm gonna give a, 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 an easy answer and say Mike Trout. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know Mike Trout, Tom Brady, you know like those goat players. Uh, I literally have every single base card uh, up of Trout and Brady. Uh, that I've ever pulled. Uh, they're, they're, those are cards that I'll never get rid of because uh, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, Roberto Clemente, you know, like in 30, 40 years, these guys are going to be those guys. And I want to have a nice cache of those cards, hopefully, uh, that, you know, I can pull out a few, you know, 2012 Elite Brady's uh that are now you know and i'm not saying that they're going to be but you know that are now 500 dollars a piece you know raw and in good condition and i can you know send my daughter to college on that stuff you know i'm not saying it's going to happen but you know that's what i like to think will happen 
Uh, plus, I mean, you know, I'm a New England guy, and Tom Brady is, you know, the best player of all best player of all time. So, you know, you you saw Eric shake his head when he, he was telling me, <laughs> "Don't say it." Don't. Barry's a New he York said, Giants fan. He said, "Don't." Sorry tell about me. that. You don't. <laughs> hey, you don't have to be sorry about that, brother. <laughs> Tom Brady's owing too. It's okay. Yeah, but he's seven and zero against everybody else. <laughs> hey, that's everybody else, brother. Well, Mike, you also something I thought was very interesting that like I think the real reason me and you kind of hit it off was when you discovered we had a wrestling podcast. You were very eager to talk about your wrestling fandom, and we have a theory that like wrestling fans, we don't go out and just. Hey, we're wrestling fans. We don't go out and talk yeah. about oh, yeah. good baseball. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, when you find out somebody's a wrestling fan, it's like, holy shit. And the, all the fandom just starts spilling out. And right. he's actually wearing a Ziggler McIntyre tag team shirt. I mean, it's very, like, you know, deep cut tag team right there. I love it. Yep. That's everything our <laughs> podcast is about. Uh, talk to us about your wrestling fandom. Man, I have been a fan of wrestling since I was, I, I say it since I was seven, which you know, dates me into the early nineties. Uh, you know, the old like Cactus Jack WCW days, uh, Bret Hart, uh, you know, Hart Foundation, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, Barbershop Window type uh type stuff, you know. I mean, uh I've been watching hardcore religiously since since then. Uh and I've I come to enjoy it on a much deeper uh, level, you know, uh, to the point where like when somebody's like, you know, it's fake. Right. And I'm like, you're that guy. But, uh, you know, I, I find my, I'm like, I, I, I like to think that I'm a historian of, of uh, the business. Uh, you know, I, I can talk about anybody, pretty much anybody from any gener, almost any generation I've had, uh, the on-demand service that WWE has pulled up, put out in every uh, incarnation since the day that it started with, you know, on-demand 24-7, uh, you know, on yeah. my cable box yeah. through the network and now sadly onto Peacock, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is another story, I'm sure, for another day. Uh, I'm a Shawn Michaels guy, not a Bret Hart guy. And I say that proudly. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I could I could talk about wrestling pretty much forever. I've worked in the business, uh, not as a wrestler. Uh, I have some very basic in-ring training, but uh, you know, I went to Johnson and Wales University uh, to pursue a degree in sports entertainment event management. Uh, just for the specific fact that running sports entertainment events is what I wanted to do, <laughs> wrestling events. Uh, you know, so I've worked locally in Boston, uh, which is a great hotbed uh, for guys that are in the WWE now, uh, much like Ohio is. You know, Ohio is also a pretty solid hotbed for uh, for wrestling. Miz, who's Probably my favorite uh, worker, uh, almost of all time. He's definitely like a top five, I think, uh, in my list uh, all time. Uh, but I've worked with Ivar, 
with Sasha Banks, with Oni Lorcan, uh, brief stints with Finn Balor and Cesaro uh, when they've been through the territory. Uh, so uh, from guys that have worked their way up, you know, from local to international guys that came over to work through the promotion. Uh, man, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, whatever that next step might be, uh, you know, in my uh, wrestling legacy, I'll call it. <laughs> Before we go on, I'll give a cheap plug to uh, our buddy, Brian Breaker, who actually has a podcast. Now, Brian Breaker was trained by Harley Race and actually made it to NXT, worked a match on TV. He's been around, worked a lot of matches in Japan. He actually has a podcast called You Know It's Fake, Right? <laughs> Based on that one statement you just yeah. said, he has an entire podcast on it. It's fantastic. He he has other workers come on there. Uh, me and Barry have been guests on there, people from other podcasts, random fans, people who are still workers. It's an incredible show. Incredible. I will definitely have to check that one out. And, you know, like when I, when you told me the name of your podcast and I checked it out, uh, I knew that you guys were legit because uh, you were using, you know, uh, people that n need to know what they're talking about terminology, uh, you know, and not just like, we're the wrestling fans podcast. Right. So <laughs> I feel like there's a fine line between like, you know, me and Barry have never worked in the business, so I never want to offend anybody who has by using like some kind of deep insider. I know I'm just a mark, you know what I mean? But it's just kind of a just a take on. That's all right. Take We're all phrase. marks. How, We're all yeah, marks. Say, you know, if, like, people, if people knew how the name came about. Oh God. Yeah, it was like it was literally we were just literally passing names, and yeah. It works though, man. It it works. I was like, it yep. was, the the marketing director was not a fan. At My first. wife runs our marketing, <laughs> and she had to get logos made, and they kept coming back DTF, and I was catching all kinds of shit. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you a pair of socks too, Mike. <laughs> it's a lowercase t though, right? Right. We we have uh, we actually have socks. And there's, we still have some for sale on our website. I'll send you out a pair, Mike. Uh, they look like wrestling boots with our logo on the side. They're really nice. cool. Nice. They're, you know, um, and and I popped when you when you called it the ter. You know, they came through the territory. Yes. That was that was nice. <laughs> I like that because I'm an old school guy. I love I love shit like that. Yeah, I but, mean, well, that's what it is too. When you're coming up through the through the indies, you know, like yeah. if you're below. Uh, you know, like you're, you're, I'm still going to call AEW and Indy because yeah. they haven't, they don't have the longevity yet. Uh, but like, you know, if you're below impact, we'll say, uh, which I put like impact ring of honor, AEW, WWE, that's a territory, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're working in an area and then you're going on to the next one and then you're going on to the next one. And, you know, you're, you're honing your craft and you're learning it and you're, uh, you know, you're getting yourself over so that when you do make it to, you know, in a ring of honor and impact in AEW or like NXT or the PC, you know, people are like, Hey, I saw him, you know, like when, when, so I don't, I don't, I'm a, I'm a WWE guy. I follow WWE. Uh, and I don't like to, uh, read like the sheets or what, what are the sheets these days? Because Still the observer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But but like you know, like I I hate being spoiled. I still want to be surprised. I still want to enjoy it as a fan. I don't want to be like, great, I'm watching this 
this show it was pre-taped two weeks ago. You know, this isn't going to leave my butt in the seat. You know, uh, I want to I want to enjoy it as I'm watching it. So, like, I try and stay away from the spoilers. So it was really funny when, uh, you know, when when Finn showed up on NXT, I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> you know, I worked with him one show. You know, he came through Boston. Uh, but, you know, they the the guys that ran the territory made such a big deal about it uh that you know he stuck with me you know and his work stuck with me uh so i when i saw him and i recognized him and i was like oh that's awesome i know this guy i've worked with him before you know like so so that was a pretty cool uh you know s- moment uh you know with when with guys that i know you know that i worked with in two th- early 2010s now making it you know to the big ten I mean, especially somebody like Sasha Banks, who, you know, came through the territory. She's one of the best workers in the world. Yeah. I mean, just flat out workers, not, you know, man. She, I mean, her, the main event she put on at WrestleMania, when you were watching that, were you thinking back at the time that you worked with her? And that had to be a special thing, right? Every time I see Sasha, when I see, you know, Ivar, uh, Oni, you know, when I see these guys that, that, you know, worked, worked in the territory, not came through, but were like part of it, uh, you know, that were at every show, uh, on every card that we did, you know, trying to get that work, get in front of the fans. I'm, I, I, you know, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it right now because, you know, I, I know where they came from. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish I wasn't the guy sitting in my basement right now and that, you know, I was able to take that ride with them. But, you know, I, I can totally appreciate and and I know all the hard work uh, that they put into it. And I'll let you know that Sasha Banks character has come a thousand times from, uh, you know, the person that that she was, you know, in, in PWF. Uh, and NECW uh, back when I knew her. So yeah, see, she catches a bad bad rap sometimes. Like people, it's all bad... character, man. It, it's and that's all what character. I was going to ask you is how she was, you know, towards you guys coming up. You know, respectful, quiet, unassuming, uh, family motivated. Uh, you know, I I don't I Sasha, if you hear this. Uh, <laughs> You know, her mom and her brother were at every show sitting front row watching her, cheering her on. You know, her brother's special needs, you know, so so it was like always a really special moment, uh, you know, when, when, when she worked and when she made it. And I was like, this is somebody that totally deserves it. Uh, and she was actually trained by by Ivar. Uh, so it was funny that, she, you know, sometimes that happens. And, you know, now now I'll I'll say Vince, you know, the girls always go a lot faster, <laughs> make it a lot faster than the guys, uh, if they can work and if they can do the job. But, uh, you know, the, the, the impact that somebody like that has had on the industry to, 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 to have watched her journey, not from day one, but maybe from day five, you know, day 10, uh, has been like awesome, you know, and, and 
it makes me proud that that I knew her in in that kind of capacity. You can actually YouTube a match of Sasha's back in uh, PWF. Uh, I actually called a match of hers. So, <laughs> no, that leads to my next question. Very good. Um, what were some of the roles you filled for? Uh, what was the name of the promotion? PWF. What was the full name of it? Yeah, uh, PWF New England. It actually is. Uh, a, it was an offshoot uh, of Steve Carino's uh, PWF promotion in New Jersey. Uh, so the guys that I worked with uh, went down, met with Carino, and got his blessing to, uh, you know, to start their own promotion using the same call letters. Uh, I want to say that it's Powerhouse Wrestling Federation, but mm. uh, we always just called it PWF, and I don't remember off the top of my head, unfortunately. Uh, but geez, what I I started out uh, there. Just kind of being told, hey, set up chairs, set up, uh, you know, the the steel barriers, uh, watch, you know, how we set up the ring, bring in the two by fours, you know, carry all the heavy shit. You're the first one there. You're the last one to leave. Um, that was crazy. I was like, whoa, I was all of a sudden I was like in this world of having to work. Uh and I was ready to do it because it's something that I really wanted to do. So I was like, whatever you need me to do, I'm here for it, you know. Uh, and then I started working uh, the Handycam. Uh, so I was around ringside, uh, you know, filming uh, opposite the hard cam, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and after, you know, I uh, – proved myself that I wanted to be, you know, there. I wanted to be part of the show. I wanted to work hard. Uh, I kind of got brought into the, uh, I was on the outer part of the inner circle, which was really kind of cool. Uh, you know, Hey Mike, what do you think about, you know, about this? What do you think about that? Uh, I don't know how much, how many or how much of what I had to say, uh, you know, resonated but to be able to to you know sit in the truck with the guys that are you know that are running the promotion uh and driving from show to show uh and and you know learning learning the business uh you know those are the you know that's the fun stuff you know it's it's not uh you know it's not the uh you know the setting this setting steel chairs up that sucked (laughs) (laughs) You know, it, it's talking, uh, it's, you know, becoming uh, part of the show. Uh, and then as I continue to do that, uh, I, I love to write uh, and I love to, and I like to talk, obviously. <laughs> uh, so, so I asked if I could start writing the program because when I was a kid, I read every WWE, WWF magazine cover to cover, you know, uh, so I, I had an idea of like how to write uh, wrestling stories, you know, and I felt like I became part of like, you know, the getting over of some of these angles uh, and, and some of these storylines, uh, you know, by, by, by having a feature article right in the program that was handed out uh, for every show. So, uh, you know, that was kind of cool. And then, uh, you know, I, I uh, moved to New York uh, and kind of fell off for a while. And uh, since then, you know, I, I've been on the periphery, 
uh, you know, gone to a couple shows here and there. Uh, I definitely keep track of some of the guys that, uh, you know, that, that are still making their way through. I went to college with Matt Taven. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Matt Taven cut a promo on me at a ring of honor show in front of about about 200 people. Nice. They were just, it was one of the deals like you're just walking in. And he's standing on the table, and you know, you're, you're, I forget. Well, I can't even remember. You just made eye talking. contact, and he was literally just made eye dumb. contact with him, and he just, he just starts going in on me. And who, I can't remember who the guy is. TK, something. The guy who played college baseball was with him, but he, he called me a virgin or something. I was like, oh, I'm married. He goes, Well, I definitely know you ain't fucking then, or something like. It was. I mean, I got the promo up on YouTube. I'll send it to you. It was hilarious. That's awesome. He called me a Melvin. That's what it was. He came yes, Melvin. Melvin. That was his deal. Melvin. Yeah. Yep. That. That's. Him and uh, I think TK Ryan, I want to say. Yes, that's who it was. And Vinny, Vinny Marcel. And, yeah. and they had just started. Yeah, they had just started being together. This is right after uh, shit. Mike Bennett left. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So right Mike there. Bennett has worked. I I I've worked through with Mike Bennett before. Uh, you know, like I said, I went to college with with Taven. Uh, I wish I knew that he was had pro wrestling aspirations because. I probably would have like latched onto him a little bit, <laughs> uh, uh, but Vinny too. Uh, so Vinny was is one of the guys that I worked with. You know, uh, you know, a young Vinny coming into the business. Uh, JT Dunn, uh, who's been a, you know a champion in many local promotions uh, and has been on Impact. You know, he's on my timeline. Uh, so like I keep track, you know, of those guys uh, and. Uh, I'm actually super excited because next weekend, uh, May 22nd, uh, Eddie Edwards, diehard Eddie Edwards, uh, is running a uh, pro wrestling mini camp uh, in Rockland, Mass, uh, with a friend of mine who's uh, been a promoter, uh, and they're also running a show there uh, that day. Uh, So I will be in attendance for that. I've been talking with him. Uh, about kind of getting my foot back in the door uh, and getting back into the pro wrestling deal. So that's uh, fucking awesome, man. First, I, I thought you were gonna tell me you're gonna take some bumps. I mean, I might get in there, you know, but uh, I think at this point I'm past my uh, prime working, uh, you know, in working age. Uh, but I I do still have uh, admirations of being behind the scenes, uh, being a manager, being a ref. You know, something that that gets me back involved. You just want to contribute uh, and, I mean, to the I show. I can take a bump, so. <laughs> yeah, you want to contribute to the show. That's that's great. Yeah, that's right? exactly what, so what that's, that's what the business needs. Very good. Exactly. Exactly. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, I could see you in a managerial role. Yeah, you, yeah. Your bumping uh, days aren't behind you, brother. My talking days <laughs> yeah. are definitely not behind me. <laughs> well, that and your bumping days, you gotta take a few bumps as the manager. Oh yeah, I can take it. So. I, but yeah, that is, that's like something that like I think when I was growing up, probably Eric when he was growing up, that's just something you wanted to do. I mean, there's a local there's local promotions in Portsmouth, like where I'm from and things like that. But it's like clicked up who you know and you know shit like that. But it's like I I think I'm pretty uh, decent. You know, I could I could book some shit. Oh yeah, you know I could I could talk a little bit I could announce. I think Eric Eric Brown could get it behind the microphone and throw I something. Barry, I just drink I just drink buckets of beer in the crowd these days, brother. I have no aspirations. <laughs> I just want to tell enjoy you the what show. This, I'm saying when you were growing up. I'm this is my contribution you, right here. 
this man took a headbutt from Nick Gage walking down the fucking aisle. I did. a bucket of Coronas. I did. I had a, so we went to a GCW show. This is the, uh, actually the weekend of All Out. So yeah. the weekend, the first AEW champion is going to be crowned in Schaumburg, Illinois, outside Chicago. Me and Barry went there, StarCast, the whole nine yards. Went to a GCW show. I can't remember what it was called. Two Cups or something? I can't remember. Something crazy. But it started at midnight. I was already I was already pretty lubed up by the time I got there. And the only thing they were selling was just buckets of Corona. Well, I'm just roaming around. You know how these indie shows are. It was like, oh, a, yeah. what was it, like a skating rink or something like that, Barry? You're probably yeah, it looked like the there was a yeah, skating right. rink, batting cage. There was all kinds of, like, gangrel setting there. It was an uh, open spot. Everything was open with just a ring in the middle, right? And yep. then they have a little curtain spot that kind of separated you from backstage or whatever. It wasn't much at all. Anyway, I'm just walking around, and all of a sudden, music hits, and I'm, for the main event, and I'm right drunk. Right in the aisle. Right in the aisle. <laughs> Annihilate. I'm right in the aisle. And then MDK, Nick Cage, Beyond the Ring episode, tonight. On Nick Gage, deathmatch wrestler, died on the way of the fucking hospital after a fucking match. I'm right in his way, and he just starts yelling at me, so I just start yelling back. And then <laughs> he just headbutted me. I, we kind of headbutted each other, and we just kind of looked at each other. And if you watch the tape, I don't know if I can find it. I feel like he has this moment where he thought about slapping the fuck out of me. <laughs> like there was a half a split second where like I about, I, I about caught a slap. But he thought better of it and went to the ring, thank God. But I was hyped. I was just too hyped for a moment. It was like a mosh pit moment. I don't know what happened, but we just headbutted each other. And it, yeah, it, was, it was a it was a, a Nick Gage moment. And then we get back to the hotel and Eric's like, I took a fucking headbutt from Nick Gage. <laughs> he he, he kind of worked it. He kind of, you know. So that was our talk, though. It was it was pretty fun. Was Those good, are the stories, man. Those are the stories that 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 these guys create, you know, that like he probably, you know, I'm not saying he does it every show, but he's probably done that before, you know, and now right. we like had this moment that you're going to remember always. And it's going to be that story that you tell when you talk to somebody like me, you know, and you're like, I mean, he got me. It wasn't like, well, you know what I mean? It wasn't, no, it wasn't a working bump. Right. <laughs> it was a, oh yeah, yeah. It was a hard way. It was, it, it was, was, it, was yeah, in there. it was, it was a shoot, man. <laughs> so Talk about one thing that I love about the smaller indie promotions. I think is really cool is that the legends that come through. Sure. Talk about some of the legends that came through uh, PWF while you were doing work with them. Sure. I, you know, uh, so just to preface it, uh, these guys worked, and obviously from the people that I've name dropped uh, already, uh, mostly within themselves. To be truly honest. Uh, but some of the names that that did come through, uh, actually, this was he was part of the promotion because he was uh, out of WCW at the time. Uh, but Big Rick Fuller, uh, who was like I think he was number three or four in Goldberg streak, something like that. Uh, you know, so he was part of the promotion uh, when I first got into it uh, when it was out of Boston. Um, and then it kind of split off a little bit. Uh, and then when it, when it was PWF, uh, when we were in Rhode Island, uh, the, they brought the nasty boys in for a show. And, uh, that was quite an experience. And that I'm was, they were, that was really the biggest name of guys that came in, but like, we're all sitting around, we're like ready to go. And they're like, all right, guys, the nasties are here. They're going to come in. Everybody's sitting in the bleachers and like chill and relax. They're going to come in and say, what's up. 
and Nobs comes in and he's like, What's up, you fucking pieces of trash? <laughs> and like, all right, he's like already ready to go, you know, like <laughs> he's in uh he's in in gear and ready to go, you know, like there's not uh no warm up, you know, it's not like Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for working with us. Thanks for working hard. He comes in and cuts the fucking promo on us right away, you know? So uh, that was a pretty cool experience. Um, I uh, So when I was thinking about getting into the business, uh, Spike Dudley, Matt Heisen, uh, is about four, lives about 40 minutes away from me, 15 minutes up the road from where I went to school in Providence. Uh, and he was doing a, uh, you know, a tryout or an open house or whatever. So, uh, of course I'm going to go and find out what the deal is, you know, and meet Spike Dudley. Uh, so <laughs> I go, uh, and you know, they're like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're this promotion. And, you know, we're, we're looking for people that want to, you know, join the business, give us your money. And we'll train you how to, (laughs) right? So at the end, he's like, all right, I'm going to work you guys out. You know, we're going to run the ropes, uh, you know, and and I'm going to see, you know, if you, what your stamina level is like, like, all right, cool. So, you know, I get in there, do a couple drills, a couple shoulder rolls, you know, run the ropes or whatever. And then he's like, all right, guys, line on up. So we line up, you know, along the rope. And he's like, who wants to take a chop? I was like, I will take a chop from Spike Dudley. That'll be an awesome story to tell right here, right? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get chopped by Spike Dudley. Uh, he calls in one of the vets, uh, a guy named Nick Steele. Uh, I don't know if that name rings a bell with you guys. I know he's – I think he was pretty much locally Massachusetts, but uh, he was a uh, solid, like, Rusev – you know, mm-hmm. Miro type of, uh, you know, build. And he's like, all right, Nick, chop this guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I took it. You almost caved in my chest, but I definitely <laughs> took it. Uh, and I never went back because I, I just didn't have the kind of money when I was in college to, uh, you know, to put towards uh, potentially becoming a, wrestler needed to focus on that education that's doing me so well these days <laughs> absolutely uh but uh that was a fun story that i have uh about my experience in the business <laughs> Ready, you got anything else brother trying to think here what's what was your favorite i guess if you know all the positions you've held what was your favorite aspect that you got to be involved in in the uh, in the wrestling business? Um, it was it was really uh, I I feel like I I like left right at like kind of my peak where like they were really starting to uh, you know ask my input uh, into the storyline making uh, or like being able to sit in uh, with the with the powers that be uh and and talk to them about you know the development of characters and stuff like that and and to me that's what always uh you know stuck uh stuck out uh was was that character development 
uh, you know, the, that storyline creation, that transition from one storyline to the next and how you really make that work uh, in, a, in a seamless kind of way that makes sense. Uh, and, and hearing like their stories, you know, uh, of like when they were enhancement talent for ECW and like, you know, they, they would, uh, you know, they would have to sit down meetings with like Tommy Dreamer and Taz, you know, who were, you know, who were writing, running the storylines, uh, in the old ECW, you know, and like being, being like, man, I am like so close to like these guys that like, in my eyes are on like this pedestal of, of the wrestling business, you know? So, uh, that's probably been the coolest aspect. Uh, and I'm super excited to get kind of back into it, uh, with this new, uh, venture, new England, all-star wrestling, uh, and, and kind of see like what, what, uh, what I still have in the tank, as they say, which is probably a lot because my brain, uh, has not really been utilized, uh, in this capacity yet. So, uh, I'm like ready to really work hard with, uh, with my buddy Caleb and, uh, you know, make this, this new promotion, uh, work. That's, that's fucking awesome to hear, man. That's, I mean, really going after it. And you obviously have a passion for the business, a history, a deep fandom and education geared towards the business. So the fact that you're going in on that's that's amazing to hear and i mean obviously we're in the card group we're gonna yep. keep in touch so i'm excited to hear about the journey maybe we can talk about future episodes right maybe yeah, come on again, definitely talk I'm more totally wrestling late. maybe something maybe something pops off when we're wrestling we need to have a third man in have an opinion in the wwf world wwe world you know something we can definitely use uh mike go ahead and plug your uh facebook group before we get out of here yeah definitely you guys can join our group uh it's heads up sports cards it's all one word uh you know, we do nightly box breaks, uh, relatively inexpensive uh, for beginners. You know, uh, we do a lot of, uh, of of basic stuff. We don't do the super expensive stuff. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I know JT mentioned uh, last week, you know, that I have little shout outs for people. Uh, you know, Eric has his actually, you know, I don't know if he's caught it yet or not, but uh, I call him downtown. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> uh but you know it's just uh you know we just like to have fun uh heads up sports cards all one word uh just click to join uh you know my moderator team and myself we are uh, on it uh pretty much all the time so uh you know if you want to be in involved we're happy to have you here and uh yeah we'll see you at the breaks and there's a, there's a few guys that listen to our show that are in the group now. Obviously, me and Barry, Jeff Toon, I know I invited him to the group. He's been there. Jeremy Ball loves the group. He's actually been on several breaks. Yep. He He's he's very excited about it. So I have a, a feeling that you're going to have some more um, more group members here real soon, buddy. <laughs> awesome. We're happy to have you guys. The more people in the uh, in the group, the more breaks we can do, you know, so – Awesome. Mike, I thanks, thanks for coming on, bud. I really appreciate it, bud. I'll talk Eric, to you later. Barry, it's been my pleasure. Absolutely, Absolutely, sir. Thank you. Have a good night. Take Thank care, sir. you as well. Yep. See ya. And that was Mike Correo of Heads Up Sports Cards. Dude loves wrestling. I think more he likes cards, Barry. <laughs> he, he, he got in on it, didn't he? He perked up. Uh, you guys can't see the video one day with the cards. And obviously, we're excited and we're talking about them. We mentioned that wrestling. I mean, he sat up. Right? Yeah. I mean, he got, he got uh, up in front of the camera there. Yeah, that was awesome to see, man. I mean, like we said on the show earlier, like, 
and Breaker says this on his podcast a lot. Like we don't go around. You don't, nobody really advertises their wrestling fans. Not that we're ashamed of it, but not other than the occasional shirt or whatever. You know what I mean? We don't really like. We don't go to the water cooler talking about AEW storylines, but we would like a a baseball game. You know what I mean? Right. So when we he found out we were wrestling fans, he was he was all over, it, dude. That was that was really fucking fun. Yeah, that was a that was a good time, and you know he was a part of the business. He's seen some of the some of the best out there right now. Uh, came through where he was at. So, I mean, that's uh, that's definitely very cool, man. Uh, and and a nice and a nice guy. Absolutely. Like, you know he, yeah, you know, he's got to hook you up on these breaks. You know, I'm trying to carry a little favor. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna say I'm trying to carry a little favor. You know, what I mean, it's 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 no. He actually does like the he does randomizer like the video. Yeah. So everything's on the complete up and up. So. I tried to give him fifteen dollars, but he, for, for a ten dollar break, and he wouldn't. No, yeah, I tried to get that Griffey Jr. off of him. He was like, I can't, can't do it. But I do see people trading a lot in the comments, and also I've seen people sell their teams too. Can't do it because then what I sell would end up fucking hitting the big, the big hit, and then I'd be mad. You want to do any shout outs? You want to fucking no this week? You should probably do this. You should probably do a few shout-outs since about 4,000 people wish you happy birthday. 4,000? Including you Jeff Toon. And Jeff Toon even sent you a happy birthday message. Yeah, but Jeff Toon, it was a backhanded fucking compliment. He said, you were the big star. I put you over, and he said, oh, Barry's there. Barry gets very sensitive when somebody else other yeah. than him might be the big star. Yeah. He can't. I'm sick of you guys putting this fucker over. He is a Hall of Fame softball player. One of the he's in the Hall of Fame and the fucking what's uh high school did you go to? Jewett Sio High School. Fucking he's in the Hall of Fame there. They got a fucking statue the kids have to bow to before entering the building. I can't get over anywhere. Double header no, tomorrow night in softball. And you're going, you're you're I'm making back. the big return? Back. This is like Jordan in ninety five. I'm back. Yeah, I just I, I literally just sent Curtis an email, just said I'm back. That's all I said. <laughs> but yeah uh thank everybody for uh you know wishing me a happy birthday it was great uh sammy evans actually messaged me and said uh your gifts are have been delayed after after i thought eric i'd broke the fucking birthday streak where you know they just quit getting people shit and i'm like oh it's you know but no they fucking don't listen you thought so we stopped know. on you yeah, well, I told him. I was like, you don't have to give me nothing. It's fine. Fucking. So I was trying to break that trend. And Sammy's like, that's that's not how we roll, dog. You just sit back and shut up. Take your gifts. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Okay. But yeah, man, thank you everybody for listening tonight. I want to thank Mike for coming on. That was a, I had a great, great time talking to him. And uh, everybody that uh, wished me happy birthday. And if you didn't. You know, how dare you? How fucking dare you? You can follow me on Twitter at bfrost28. Eric, drop the credentials, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at ericbrown740, but of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. Go to our website, doingthefavor.com, for links to merch, podcasts, legwork, articles, all kinds of good shit. Uh, Shouts to all the Ohio players, everybody that listens to us, everybody supports us. Uh, thank you again, Mike Carrera from Heads Up Sports Cards for coming on, doing daily breaks. I love that group. So 
it was very cool that he was able to come on and we were able to talk some wrestling too. So that's all I got, man. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We appreciate it. Yeah, rate and review us. Leave us a fucking five star if you want to. We appreciate it. And with that, good night and God bless. Yeah. Peace. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with ETF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.